Hello and welcome to the Virtue Podcast. My name is Amber. And I'm Desiree. And my name is Kayla. And we are leaders in our young adults ministry as well as in the Virtue Ministry here at Harvest. As women of any age or season of life, we tend to constantly struggle with the act of comparison. Uh, Out of the three women that are here today, one of us is single, one is married, and one is widowed. Do you ever find that you compare yourself to a friend, someone on social media, or even a Bible character? Do you ever find yourself irritable, frustrated, angry, or bitter, and unsure why? These emotions are often symptoms of a jealous heart, a discontent heart, or a covetous heart. And before we move forward, I think it's really important for all of us to be clear on these terms that we're using. Um, Kayla, what is jealousy? Jealousy is an emotion that is brought on by feelings of resentment against someone because of their success or their advantage or even their possessions. And I think when we hear the word coveting, a lot of us may not really know what that means, or maybe we're just familiar with the word because we know it's in the Bible. We know it's one of those Ten Commandments. Um, But Des, what exactly is coveting? Yeah, and I love that you say that, Amber, because that was something I struggled with understanding um, for quite some time now until I stepped into a season of being um, discontent. And it is a yearning to have or possess something that is not yours or going after something lessfully, working at it um, at any cost, not just merely wishing for it. Mm. And jealousy, comparison, and coveting are often hard to identify because sometimes those emotions or feelings can tend to mask themselves as something else. Often we, when we compare ourselves, the repercussions of those things seep into other areas of our lives, and that causes us to sin in greater ways. Yeah, that reminds me of the verse James 3.16, and I love the way the Amplified Version puts it. It says, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder, unrest, rebellion, and every evil thing and morally degrading practice. Comparison gives birth to jealousy, which takes on bitterness and resentment, which gives life to anger and ultimately breeds contempt. This is a dangerous place to be, you guys. We can trick ourselves into thinking that we deserve what others have. That is a really dangerous place to be um, because when we have contempt, we view someone else's life as not as important as ours. We see them as worthless or, like you said, just like we deserve something more than someone else does when that's not the case. And we can get stuck thinking oh, well, I don't do that. You know, I'm not that bad. I don't, I don't view anyone's life as worthless or um, dispensable. But mm-hmm. the point that we're trying to make here, the point that the scripture is trying to make here is that the root of that thinking starts small. Mm-hmm. And if that's not taken captive, it will develop. Um, and Jesus, to this point, says in Matthew 5, 21 through 22, You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say, if you're even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. That's so good, Amber. I love that verse. Um, And it kind of reminds me that we think about sin and how small it can start, but how much it can also like spiral as well. Mm, Yeah. Um, What kind of things do you guys think that we tend to compare? Um, I think that we 
tend to compare way more than we even um, have our eyes open to. Yeah, We compare ourselves to relationships, to circumstances, to other people, uh, to other people's gifts, Mm -hmm. um, their materialism, their status, and so much more. And they can be big, obvious comparisons, or they can just be little seeds where you don't even realize that they're happening. Mm Comparing um, yourself to someone else and their circumstances, their gifts, um, it's like chasing after their gifts or attributes of one another while neglecting the ones the Lord has given you. Mm-hmm. You're not um, stewarding or identifying your gifts well. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah, no, that's really true. And the thing is, we're when we are comparing, when we're discontent, we are always left unhappy. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually are robbing ourselves of the joy and peace that is found um, in walking with the Lord and in truly seeking after that contentment. Um, Once we're in that place, then we can actually be who He's called us to be. We can um, minister to people how He's called us to minister to people. Um, And He has put us in situations and circumstances for a reason, Um, He equips us for those circumstances and to handle those situations. Um, And so when we are are comparing, we're distracted. And like I said, we just end up robbing ourselves. I heard a good teacher once say that often we find ourselves not just wishing we had what others had, but we wish that they didn't have them. Um, So I could walk into a friend of mine, into their beautiful home, and just be full of discontentment and um, covet what they have. And it's not just that I want what they have, it's that I want them not to have it. I want Mm. what I have to be better than what they have. Yeah. So convicting. (laughs) Yeah. No, it is. Um, And yeah, when we're, when we're doing that, like you said earlier, Des, we're not being good stewards of what we've been entrusted with. Um, We're just too, too busy looking at our, looking to our left, looking to our right, looking behind us, ahead of us. um, And we can't really excel in the season that we're currently in. Um, And like I was saying earlier, the Lord is intentional about where we're at. Um, he knows what he's doing. And so um, it reminds me of Luke sixteen ten, where Jesus says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in larger ones. And comparing and being discontent is not being faithful in what we have been given. That's so true. Isn't it crazy to think that when we think of discontentment, Ultimately, we're bringing God into our own throne room of judgment. We begin to question his character, his attributes, making false accusations against who he is. But who are we? We're saying that God doesn't know what's best and that he isn't who he says he is and that he doesn't give good things. And, and Kayla, God is so good, and He graciously gives us everything that we could ever need. Mm-hmm. And Paul actually let us in on, a, um, on some guidance uh, through contentment in Philippians 4.12. He says in the New International Version, he says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, mm-hmm. whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Mm. Yeah, that is such a key verse, I feel like, when we talk about the subject of contentment. Um, and it's really important to understand the context of 
when Paul is saying that, yeah. right? He's literally in prison and mm-hmm. is able to say that um, he's content. And I'm sure that's not a natural inclination mm-hmm. for Paul because he's sure also... It would yeah. not be mine either. <laughs> <laughs> and it wouldn't be mine. Um, certainly not. And yeah, he was a human being just like us. And that's not our natural inclination. I doubt it was his. But um, as he said, he learned contentment. And I think that's that's the key in that is that contentment is learned. Um, it's something that we practice. And it's, you know, I feel like it's probably a muscle that like mm-hmm. once we kind of work out, it, it becomes easier um, to practice. But it's definitely learned. It's not a natural feeling at all. Yeah. And I, I love that you gave um, the example that Paul um, had to learn contentment because I think oftentimes that we can even compare ourselves to Bible characters, mm-hmm. thinking that we need to match up and respond to situations the exact way that they did. But we have to remember that they are human as well. And yeah. just as they have everything that they need to um, learn contentment, we do as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And with all that being said, though, it's important to know that contentment does not mean a lack of desire. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, Amber. And it's okay to desire things because God places those desires in our hearts. Yeah, especially desires for good things like marriage and a family and yeah. stuff yeah. like that. As long as they are for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. We have to remember um, that while it's good to desire things, um, we have to keep those things in check. Yeah. These things, if left unchecked and out of order, will never bring full and deep satisfaction. Mm-hmm. We'll be left thirsting for the next thing to no avail because you're not looking to the ultimate source of satisfaction. Yeah. Our God gives us everything that we need to be fully satisfied. Yeah. Proverbs sixteen nine says, "The heart of the man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps." I love that verse because I heard this metaphor one time that kind of symbolizes this verse and this thought is that you know it's good to make plans, it's good mm-hmm. to be wise and and think ahead, right? But write our plans in pencil, mm-hmm. and God that. can go in and make the final edits. And so I think it's. It's really important that we do make plans, but we hold those plans with open hands. I love that analogy. And I've actually never heard that analogy before, Amber, so that's really good. And I think even with making plans, it's okay to make those plans, but to also remain content in that season as well that the Lord has placed you in. And it reminds me actually of a quote from a Bible teacher, and it says, a key factor in arriving in a place of contentment is not coming from a place of scarcity, but coming from a place of abundance. Wow. Yeah. But how do we practice true contentment in our day-to-day lives? Well, I think something that's super practical we could all take part in is a social media fast, Um, either a fast or unfollowing certain accounts or pages that... Mm -hmm post stuff that causes you to compare. Um, I know that I've had to do that before. And sometimes I've followed like fitness accounts Mm -hmm. and I followed them with the intention of being like motivated and like, Oh, these are cool workouts. You know, I want to know how to do these. And then a few months later, I'm just like, Oh, but I don't look like that. Mm -hmm. And you know, you just compare and it causes you to be discontent. So a really practical thing you can do is 
just unfollowing those accounts or muting, you know, maybe if it's a friend, you don't want to unfollow them, you can mute them. Um, but yeah, unfollowing those accounts or pages and then taking a break or a fast from social media altogether can be really healthy for multiple reasons, but specifically within this context of finding contentment. Yeah, I feel like if you have not taken a social media break, this is your challenge right now to do so. (laughs) It is so refreshing. (laughs) Truly, it is. Yes. And one of the things that um, I have found that has helped me as well is just remembering to keep a heart posture of gratitude, Mm -hmm. waking up every morning and just being thankful that his mercies are new every single morning, looking around at all that you have and um, identifying the areas of your life where God has clearly had his hand in, um, just being grateful for your family and your friends and your workplace, no matter the situation, just remembering that his promises are true for you, just like Mm -hmm. they are for everyone else. Mm -hmm. And he is good no matter what. Yes. So good. Gratitude and practicing that. Yeah. Say it one more time, Des. (laughs) Say it one more time. (laughs) I say it to myself every day. (laughs) Practicing gratitude is something that will truly, I mean, almost immediately change your mindset and the way you're looking Mm -hmm. at the world. And I love that you brought up his promises and that he is good. Another practical thing that is, I know, easier said than done, but something we really need to do is buckle down and get in our word and Mm. be in prayer. Mm. I've heard it said that reading your Bible is a basic of Christianity, but it's also an advanced move. And I felt so much relief when I heard when I heard someone say this, because it's so true. We can so easily feel ashamed Mm. for not having that down, but it really is a discipline. You know, sometimes we feel like it, sometimes we're motivated and sometimes we're not. Um, And there are seasons of not being as disciplined, which Mm. doesn't excuse that. Um, We should always be, be in our word and always be in prayer. But sometimes that shame that we feel for not having it down is something that keeps us from recognizing that that is our issue. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's something that's so simple or basic, we just feel like, oh, well, I'm supposed to have that down and I can't talk about how I don't have that down because then I'm going to look like a bad Christian or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But in reality being in our word and being in conversation with the Lord really is what allows our minds to be transformed and gives us that space to be convicted. And if we are not in our word, it's oftentimes the root of a lot of our issues, I feel like. And I think that's why it's also important to have a good community around you, Mm -hmm. um, someone that you feel... um, that you feel comfortable speaking with, that you know will always um, be there to provide you godly wisdom um, Mm -hmm. so that you can share those areas of your life where you're struggling, that you, even though um, your natural inclination might be to feel a little shameful, um, they're going to guide you in the the right direction. So, Yeah, so true. Amber, I love that you said that too about it being something so simple and so basic, yet it's also something so advanced. And I think if you guys did not write that down, I would recommend that you write that down right now because (laughs) it was so good. 
Another practical thing that you can do is just nip it in the bud. Don't mm. let those uh, seemingly innocent thoughts linger. Be aggressive with the enemy. Call him out for who yeah. he is and, and um, what he's, the lies that he's trying to speak into your life. Mm-hmm. Don't let those thoughts linger. They'll only get worse and dirty up the heart. Someone mm-hmm. came to preach today. Yes, she did. <laughs> I think another good one too is just um, reevaluating the state of your possessions and acknowledging that our greatest possession we already have. Yeah. Um, reevaluating those relationships that we talked about earlier mm-hmm. that we compare. And remember yeah. that our relationship, our greatest relationship that we have, is already secured and can never be taken away from us. And if we're comparing circumstances, I think we can take a look around and realize that our greatest circumstance is that we get to fellowship with the living God. Mm. We have a solid rock on which we stand. Yes, I love that. And just remember that we will be content fully one day, Mm -hmm. just as our bodies will be um, completely restored. So will our minds Mm -hmm. and no longer will we be discontent with our our circumstances. Mm -hmm. We will be worshiping at the feet of the Lord in all of his Mm -hmm. glory. And we will always be dependent on the Lord to assist us in changing our hearts towards things that don't glorify him here on on earth. Um, Give yourself some grace, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't wage war against our sin. Mm. So true. So true. Well, thank you for hanging out with us today. If you're a young adult, we'd like to invite you out to one of our Friday night services. It's every Friday at 7 p.m. And if you'd like to know more about what's going on in our ministry, you can follow us at OC Young Adults or Harvest Young Adults for both OC and Riverside on Instagram. And be sure to tune in next week to the next Virtue Podcast. God bless.